Can you use too many verses when you're evangelizing someone? What is the difference between a sin and a trespass? And is it okay for your church to show the movie unplanned? The answers to these questions and others when we understand the text. This is When We Understand the Text, a daily Bible study imparted in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Visit our website, www.utt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. Thank you, Becky. You're welcome. After arriving back in Kansas mm-hmm. from the G3 conference, uh-huh. I'm ready for warmer weather already. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yes, Atlanta, um, even though it was chilly, it was, it was, I mean, it wasn't terribly cold, but it was yeah. chilly. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely was warmer than Kansas. It, it was definitely warmer than Kansas. <laughs> and yeah. then, and then we stayed the Southern route. Yes. Yes, we did. I don't, which I don't think we've taken that route. Ever. Uh, well, we did when my sister was. Oh, that's right. Once. She lived in Oxford, Mississippi at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't go through Texas. We, no, I think we yeah. jaunted back up North through mm-hmm. Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause it, I've never been through Louisiana ever. That's right. That was your first until time. Until this time. Becky had her first trip through Louisiana ever. Yep. And she slept through most of it. It was dark. (laughs) You couldn't see much anyway. And we were totally taken by the bear crossing signs. Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) We were looking. We were looking for some bears. Looking for some black bears in the middle of the night. Yeah. (laughs) We would have found them, I'm sure. (laughs) Or they would have found us. Yep. But we stayed that southern route, and so we we remained in warm weather, even went to a church in Texas before jaunting back up toward Kansas. They had green grass still. Yeah, the Texas... Interesting. The eastern Texas grass was still green. Yep. And now we're back in... It's been freezing rain. Uh, snow. Uh, we've had... It's oh. snowing right now while yeah, we're recording this. It is. It's been bitter cold winds. Yes. I don't think the temperature's been above 35 at the warmest. Yep. And so, yeah, we're ready to head back south. <laughs> we're going to head south for the winter. <laughs> what, Any, are those, what are those called? Snowbirds? Snowbirds. We'll that's right. Snowbirds. Anybody want to host us for a couple more months? Because goodness. I want to host us. That sounds yummy. <laughs> well, I still got some chili left. And I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking my Arnold Palmer. We can take the boy out of the South, but you can't take the South out of the boy right here. My sweet tea and lemonade. Uh, my, I don't have an excuse. Uh, I'm Kansas born and raised. <laughs> so. Well, we brought some questions back with us. We did. We had some folks come by the table and slip us some questions mm-hmm. in envelopes and things like that. Note cards. So we brought them back. I think on the broadcast last week, we said we weren't going to have enough time to address them, but we would do them when we got back. Right. There was one question that we did, and it was related to a comment that Derek Thomas said Mm -hmm. during his talk at G3. I want to say that I've actually edited my answer. So if you go back to last week's broadcast, it's a minute shorter than it was. Oh. Because I took part of it out. Got it. The reason why I did that, I I don't want anybody to feel like I'm cheating them or misleading or trying to be sneaky with something, but it was because I answered the question not knowing the context of Derek Thomas's comment. Exactly. 
And when I found out, it was actually a more major point than I thought it was mm-hmm. and learned a little bit more about the context of his comment because we weren't in there when Derek Thomas was talking. Right. Uh, I realized, you know, my answer really doesn't go with what he said. Mm-hmm. And so just for the sake of not causing anyone to stumble who did hear Derek Thomas's talk, mm-hmm. I edited part of my answer out. We might come back to that question again another time. Yeah. Maybe if somebody asks it again, I don't know. But uh, but just to let you know, I had taken out part of that just so in case someone listened to Derek Thomas and heard him say what he said about Jesus memory mm-hmm. and then heard my answer, they wouldn't think that I was agreeing with the the overall point that he was making there. OK. Uh, anyway. I guess it's the best that I can word it. But otherwise, yeah, everything else is it's intact. It's tough to answer questions when you don't have everything. Yeah, and I should you have know, just said, evidence. I thought it was just like a one-off comment yeah, that he made. I thought, yeah. I didn't think it was a major point of his sermon. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I should have just said, well, we'll look into that. And, yeah. And I didn't. Well, lesson, lesson learned. learned. <laughs> hey, <laughs> great minds, great minds think alike. Okay, so here are some of the other questions we got, and then we're going to come to well, some questions we've been asked. Uh, this was a few weeks ago, and we still haven't gotten to these questions yet. Yeah, uh, they've just kind of been uh, uh, floating in your limbo. Patience. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Hey. <laughs> All right. So this first one, actually, I think both of these name and location withheld. So we don't have uh, uh, on these two questions, no one to mention who this came from. But Mm -hmm. I remember who it was. Yes. Um, Dear Pastor Gabe and Becky, I have an evangel. uh, I'm sorry. I have an evangelist friend that has a lot of scripture memorized and quotes a lot of scripture when witnessing on a couple of occasions. The ministry leaders of where my friend was witnessing told my friend to stop using so much scripture. So. Uh, is there such a thing as too much scripture when witnessing? What do you think? No. <laughs> now, that's what I would say. No. I mean, as long <laughs> as you're not talking over their head with um, King James and, and they're not understanding what you're saying with well, the yes. and thous. I mean, then it might be a little bit uh, missing the mark because you're losing your audience. You're not. You're not um, quoting it for your audience. You're quoting it to quote it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's, it's all on your approach and your delivery, too. You know, are you, are you saying it just to say it, just to spout off all the scripture, or are you using it to walk them through the gospel? Because if you're utilizing it correctly, there's no such thing as too much scripture. That's the way a person comes to faith. Right. We have Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Exactly. So you have to use the word of God. Right. In order to bring a person to faith. You're not going to argue them to faith. Right. Exactly. By any, uh, certainly not by any man-made arguments Mm -hmm. or by some sort of apologetic system. Mm -hmm. You have to use the word of Christ. That is what is going to convict the heart. And it even says in Romans chapter three, verse 20, that it's through the law, mm-hmm. the sharing of the law of God, that we become knowledgeable of our sin, mm. which is why you have right. uh, Ray Comfort. And then, you know, we've recommended this method as well, uh, the way of the master method, mm-hmm. which is the way Jesus would evangelize. Right. In that he would use the law of God to convict the heart and realize because uh, as it also says there in Romans 3, every mouth is stopped. Mm-hmm. When you hear God's law and you recognize that in the law, you are not good, mm-hmm. you are not perfect, you have transgressed 
God's perfect commandments, Mm -hmm. then you realize before God, I am guilty and I need a savior. And then the heart is prepared to hear the good news of the gospel because the gospel is not good news unless you know the bad news first. Exactly. And that you have sinned and are under the judgment of God. And even everything that I'm saying to you here is scriptural, though I may not be directly quoting scripture. Right. But it is what scripture says. Yes. And then you're even using the Ten Commandments, which Mm -hmm. would come out of, you know, Exodus 20. Right. When you are uh, uh, helping a person realize the sin that they have committed against God, Mm -hmm. that they are unholy in the presence of a holy God. Right. And needing a savior. And then you come to the message of the gospel, whether that be John three sixteen through 21 mm-hmm. or uh, whether that would be, um, you know, what Paul shares in first Corinthians 15 verses three and four, mm-hmm. uh, just something simple like that. Or uh, Ephesians one or I'm sorry, Ephesians two, one through 10. Mm, yes. You know, however you go yeah. about breaking down the gospel for a person, whatever scriptural structure you might use, mm-hmm. the pattern for how you're going to share with a person that they're dead in sin and need Christ to raise them to life. You're using a scriptural pattern right. in order to bring a person to a knowledge of the gospel of Christ. Mm-hmm. And then if they come to understand, they recognize their sin before God the gospel becomes good news. Right. That it actually is the gospel. Yeah. I can be forgiven my sin by faith in Jesus Christ. And it is only by faith that we are saved. So therefore, you have to use the word of God because by grace through faith uh, and the word or faith comes through hearing the word of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when but, it co- but again, I mean, you have to know your audience. Like if they don't know the words that you're spouting off, then there's no point in saying it. Right. Like, like you had said I, I, the comment you made was, um, are you saying it just to say it? Right. Yeah. So definitely. if you're if you're just trying to spout off a bunch of Bible verses to sound pious or mm-hmm. religious or smart, I got to tell you, you're probably using God's word in vain. Right. Yeah. You're, you're using it to show yourself impressive mm-hmm. rather than impressing upon the person. Right. An understanding of their sin and need for a savior. So you have to you have to check your motives, even when you're going out and doing witnessing. Mm-hmm. Are you doing this for your benefit? I, I mean, you do benefit from it right. ultimately in the kingdom of God, but it is not about you. Right. It's about glorifying Christ mm-hmm. and winning this other soul to mm-hmm. Christ. So there's that. But then um, oh, there's something else you said. I was trying to remember. Like the King James using the words well, yes. that they don't understand. Um, what else did I say? Yeah, if you're going to use a word, listen to yeah, right. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> If you're going to use a word like propitiation, mm-hmm. be able to explain it, right? Yes. And I and I've heard youth pastors do this. I've heard them say, "Well, don't don't say the word sin because nobody knows what sin is." Mm. That's one of the other questions we've got coming up here in a moment. Okay, we've got a question about what sin is. Uh, uh, don't use that word because nobody knows sin. You say mistakes or say messed uh, up. No. Yeah. Don't same. don't do that. Not the same. You use the word sin. But and if you must you give a definition. Exactly. Be yeah. able to explain what sin is. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to it, sin is falling short of the glory of God. Right. Romans 3.23 really is the definition of sin for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. But we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. By the way, that section, Romans 3, 23 through 26 to 28, maybe, uh, another great sort of a blueprint to use when it comes to evangelizing, sharing the gospel. Uh, There was one time I was talking with an atheist guy, and I was making quotations of scripture to him, 
And he cut me off at one point and he said, look, you might as well just quit using scripture because I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe it's the word of God like you believe. And he said, plus, I've read it a lot and I probably know it as well, if not better than you do. And first of all, I'm sitting there going, no, you don't. <laughs> I, I just knew that not not in a manner of a point of pride or something like that. But just based on the conversation that I was having with him. Yeah, you don't. You. This is totally a boast on his part, trying to intimidate me. Well, mm. I can't use the Bible. He knows it better than I do. So he's going to make me fear, feel fearful of using it. You know. Right. Uh, and so what I ended up doing is everything that I was saying, every answer I gave him, every one of them mm-hmm. was a direct quotation of Scripture. But I wasn't telling him the reference. Ah. So he didn't know uh-huh. that it was a direct quotation of Scripture. And then at some point in the conversation, it came back around to him making some kind of comment about the Bible. I said, I've been using the Bible this entire time. You who said that you know it better than I did didn't even realize that I was quoting Scripture mm. to you. Mm. So, uh, you know, again, not saying that in pride, but just to point out to him mm-hmm. that his ego right. was uh, uh, was... He built it up bigger than what it should be. Right, exactly. And and was <laughs> prohibiting him from yeah. hearing what it was that I was saying. So well, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, mm. piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Yep. And just like any weapon, you have the, the Bible, the word of God, referred to as a sword here in Hebrews 4, also in Ephesians 6. Mm-hmm. The sword of the spirit, like any weapon, you got to learn how to use it and you got to wield it well and use it responsibly. Mm -hmm. So, yes, by all means, use scripture abundantly in your evangelism encounters, but know how to do it well. Yes. Rightly handling the word of truth. So maybe she should go back like a suggestion would be going back to if, if the I'm sorry, let me back up. If the evangelist has a question about what they meant maybe going back to them and asking them you know did you mean that i was using it incorrectly or that i w- sounded boastful That's or good. yeah you know something like that to i mean the the key to um growing in your faith is also keeping relationships and keeping open communication about things. Yeah, not not dividing over this. Right. So uh, humbly. Don't, don't get angry. Just if you're wondering right. where, what they meant by that, don't just assume. Yeah. Uh, humbly, compassionately, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a manner of friendship, not in a quarrel. Mm-hmm. A, a good way to put it would be, can you justify your reasoning with scripture? Mm-hmm. Like, can you point to me oh, in yeah, the Bible? Yeah. Why you think that I shouldn't be using as much scripture mm-hmm. as I'm using? Give me a, a biblical example yeah. of that. And then, of course, the, <laughs> the 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 trap that they're falling into, but don't realize it is they're having to go to scripture to tell you why you mm-hmm. shouldn't be using too much scripture. Like, well, you have to explain that. So you're explaining that from scripture. Yeah. So we <laughs> all of our. Uh, our guide in these matters of evangelism, sharing the gospel, faith matters, all of this is in submission to what God's word says, mm-hmm. because that's how we're brought to faith is through the word of Christ. So even when it comes to sharing our faith, so we must uh, go about it the same way right. through God's word. So thank you for your question. Very good question. This is this next one here. Dear Pastor Gabe and Becky, in a in a church classroom setting. Is it unbiblical for a female to correct 
an unbiblical statement made by a male when a, a sufficient amount of pause has occurred and none of the men have corrected him. This happens periodically at my church. The other men agree after the fact that this man's understanding is unbiblical or immature, but most of the time his statements are met with silence. I have to admit that several of us ladies are squirming and itching to respond, but we just aren't sure that we should. Those of us ladies that are deep into scripture and are able to easily discern false statements are single and would not be able to ask a husband to speak up. Your biblical wisdom is always appreciated. And uh, we'll leave anonymous. that one anonymous as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? I don't know. that. I mean, that's I'd have to think about that because you're in a classroom setting. So do you wait until after class or do you say it in class? In class, right. In the you presence know. of everybody where there's men. Mm -hmm. Does a woman... Then I mean, you're not teaching the class. Right. See, yeah. It, does a woman then enter a teaching position at that point? Right. If she's speaking up to correct a man who is being false. Mm. Uh, a great example of I mean, this. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't know why somebody would be teaching a class and say something false. Like why, why even go there? You know, I just, I'm, I'm having, that's what, where my brain is stopping at. Like, well, I think I'm having me, a hard time moving past. Let me that. come back to the question. Uh, question: but, In a church classroom setting, is it uh -huh. unbiblical for a female to correct an unbiblical statement made by a male uh -huh. when a sufficient amount of pause has occurred? None and of the men have correct. But so we don't broken. have any indication in this scenario that this is a teacher who has done this. Oh, okay. It could just be, you know, it might okay, be an okay, open okay. sort of a class, and someone else has said something that is incorrect. A mm. woman wants to correct him. I mean, I correct you occasionally, not necessarily with biblical things, but, you know, like yeah. just life in general. Um, well, yeah. But I mean, in Bible study, you've said something before to me. Okay. Before I did, when Maybe I didn't get something very correct. Very few things, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Usually but, you're just asking questions. It's yeah, not a not a correction. Right. Yeah. More of clarifying. But I mean, but I don't feel like I'm teaching at that point. No. And I wouldn't say that either. Um. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I think that would that would have to be a like, how is the class being conducted? Yeah. Is there a leader of the class? Can you go to the leader and and raise your concerns about why why nobody else is correcting this person? Or if it is the, the leader that is saying the unbiblical things and maybe go a step up? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to handle that. Uh, approaching a person when the class is over. Yeah. That certainly wouldn't be wrong for a woman to even do that with a man, as long as you're not private. Yeah, not alone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and in this particular case, it sounds like the author is saying that they're single, because many, many of us single women. Yeah. So the uh, 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 you would approach the man, and preferably if he's a married man with his wife there mm -hmm. with him, and say, "Look, the statement that you made in the class wasn't correct, mm -hmm. wasn't true." Um, here's some passages to look at, maybe to consider that. It, it could be a um, Aquila and Priscilla moment correcting Apollos. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Aquila and Priscilla were a married couple. Mm -hmm. They heard Apollos teaching. They took him aside and said, okay, some things you're, you're saying here aren't quite right. And mm -hmm. basically share with him the gospel so that they would understand how Christ had fulfilled everything that the prophets had predicted and even John the Baptist had spoken about. Mm -hmm. And then Apollos was able to understand 
Christ's death, resurrection, ascension into heaven, the giving of the Holy Spirit, right. things which he did not know about. And those those are even graver errors mm. than might be what's happening in your class. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't have much to add. I'm just that that's a, a sticky situation. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've taught I mean, classes. There's plenty of different ways of going about it. Right. It's just which one is the, the most right. I, I would say if anything, you're going to submit to the leader of the class and right. how he set up the class. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost. Right. Um, I do a- agree with that. And ask him, you know, right. if so you don't know um, uh, whether or not you should approach a man who is incorrect. Mm-hmm. If you're not sure in that moment. Wait until the end of class. Go and ask the teacher, why didn't you correct him? Mm -hmm. And even say, if this happens again, if he brings this up again, is it okay with you if I were to say something in class? And see how that goes. Mm -hmm. And then if it it actually becomes the sort of a thing where it's offensive to several people, eh, probably a good idea not not to speak up, so not to cause a quarrel. Right. I'm always embarrassed whenever I want to correct somebody. <laughs> and especially if it's if it's a male, just because um because I know respect is a big thing for guys. I mean it's 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 a big thing, right? Right. And I don't want to be disrespectful. And if I'm constantly correcting someone, I I feel like I'm I might be part of the humbling experience yeah. at that point and I, I don't <laughs> want that to be me. So, um, I don't know. Like, I'm not the person to ask about that. <laughs> we haven't really, we didn't really start with a a, uh, a scriptural sort of mandate on right. this kind of situation. In case you're unaware, 1 Corinthians 14, 35 says that if a woman desires to learn anything, let them ask their husband at home for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Mm-hmm. So some yeah. uh, will take that to quite an extreme mm-hmm. that a woman shouldn't even be speaking up in a Bible study class. Mm. or Sunday school class or something like that to not correct another man. Right. Uh, but again, I would say that the the best thing for you to do would be to talk to the leader of that class, ask why the leader didn't make the correction, yeah. and if it would be acceptable for me to say something next week if it were to come up again or something like that. And Or even talk to them outside of the class. And maybe if you if it is the, the kind of thing where you don't have that option, um, maybe instead of outright correcting ask a question and like just start to dive into that yeah instead of like outright no that's wrong you know just just do it gently and respectfully and i think you will win a lot more with that probably so approached yes love always wins yes (laughs) well (laughs) sorry i threw a rob bellism in there yeah All right, this this one comes from David, oh and uh, and I just want to say here, okay. uh, David gave us a wonderful, wonderful gift with mm. this letter. Yes, and we were very touched, Aww. David. In fact, yes. uh, uh, so touched by what you gave us that we were trying to find a way. Last week, yeah. we were in our hotel room recording that episode. We were like, "Can we get David's question in here somehow?" But we just knew it was going to be too long yeah. to to make it into the broadcast. But thank you so much for your kindness. Uh, he mm. left a card in there mentioning his church and we were going to look that up and say is there somewhere in there maybe we were taking another trip east and we would be able to stop in in his church sometime so anyway this is david from tennessee 
And he says, Pastor Gabe and Becky, howdy yet once again. I hope this finds you well and that you are enjoying G3. Thank you. We did enjoy it a lot. We did. Always did. I always do. Always have. <laughs> yes. This was our yes. third. So the first uh, G3 was two years ago, 2018. Mm-hmm. And we just went as attendees and met so many people just coming up to us and saying. That was fun. Yeah. We, we love what? We love the videos. We love the podcast. We didn't know we were that recognizable. Mm-mm. No, but as soon as you talked, I guess so. Like, yeah, that might have been it. Yeah, I, they hear me talking. They stop and go, "Wait, I know that voice." <laughs> and I would say, "You mean what?" <laughs> so we felt like we needed a more central location to be able to meet people. Mm-hmm. So then last year we got the booth. Mm-hmm. And we're way back in the corner. But that was totally okay because it... It worked out perfectly. Yeah, it was it was a perfect kind of a meet and greet place. We wouldn't be in anybody's way. Right. This time, we were more central. In fact, we were right next to Stephen Lawson. Mm-hmm. So when he was there meeting people at his booth, yeah. that was actually great for us because we got more traffic. We're handing out more brochures. Yeah, we Here's were. who we are. Check this out. <laughs> he kept apologizing for it. Like, no, no, oh, no. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. You're Steve Lawson. <laughs> you don't want to apologize to us for anything. He was so sweet. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and, and the ladies at his booth too. They were oh, wonderful. Yes, very sweet gals. Very. And then, uh, and then, kind of a, adjacent to us, or, or catty corner. One of them corner. was his wife. Was was she really? Mm-hmm. And and the other one who we chatted with the most that was um, a friend on Twitter. Oh goodness, I didn't even know that. Yep. I didn't know one of them was his wife. I thought yeah. I heard you say that she was a friend of his wife. That's the other. That was the other. Yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yep. Yeah, so, so there, anyway. there's a picture of us greeting each other or, or greeting others like at the same time. Mm-hmm. Somebody snapped a picture and got me talking to people and Stephen great. Lawson was talking to people. Anyway, that was fun. Uh, and then and then Caddy Corner to us was the Sovereign Nations booth. Yeah. But uh, James White and Rich Pierce came over. And we're meeting and greeting people there. Oh, yeah, that's right. From Uh Alpha and Omega Ministries, you know, so I was like, hey, that gave us we were actually relaxed on traffic when that happened because they all started going over to James White. And we were just googly eyed at him. (laughs) Yeah, we're just, hey, James, look over here. Hello. We're waving. (laughs) And then uh, and so I said, it was uh, just neat to see their interactions, you know, with others. It was just I don't know. It was a blessing. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I'm not really a, a fanboy. I'm not either. Because Fan I grew girl. up around. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, yeah you better <laughs> not, not really be a fanboy. Fanboy. Because <laughs> I grew up backstage. My dad was always <laughs> doing concerts with big artists. You name the artists out of the out of the late 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s mm-hmm. in Christian music, and chances are I probably met him. Yeah. Um. And, and it was that, that was. That was my life growing up. So I was always surrounded by those big names. And we right. just learned how we were supposed to conduct ourselves. You know, not yeah. uh, we're here to refill your ice chest. We're not here to <laughs> to ask for autographs, you know, and on stuff my, like that. On my shirt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> sign my shirt. Sign my shirt. Or sign, sign my Bible. That's what a lot of people were doing. That was me. I was the sign my shirt. Oh, gotcha. Like, I bought a shirt here. Can you sign it? Yeah. Yeah. I got a. I got autographs occasionally. I liked getting pictures taken with them, if anything. But yeah. uh, anyway, because of that, I, I'm i like you. I like watching the way they interact with other people. Yeah. There's not a need for me to have to go over there. And right. Although I like to introduce myself sometimes. But um, uh, yeah, there, there was... Folks that were there were thinking, like, we're all kind of part of the same thing. Like, everybody knows who Gabe is, and Gabe knows who everybody is. No. No. <laughs> I might know who they are just because I listen to them online. Right. Like you do. Uh-huh. But they don't, they don't know who I am. <laughs> Todd Friel does. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he and does. I, we exchange text messages every once in a while. And, and Justin Peters mm-hmm. is such a sweet guy. And I don't yes. even know why Justin just reached out to me the way that he did and just started texting me and he would text me what video ideas that's all awesome. like looking at becky going Look, justin peters is giving me a a what video and then idea you go and blow him off you know and then i go blow anyway him off. back to the letter okay <laughs> <laughs> we're coming back to the letter here so uh yeah i was saying something about fanboying yes that and, you know that yeah just because i grew up backstage a lot yeah. but yeah when stuff started st- uh, going james white's way that was when i was like hey i'm gonna sneak over to the chick-fil-a booth and get us some food right <laughs> he yes. got us lunch that that was the hard part. We needed like a be back in an hour, half hour or something. Yeah, like, it was uh, it was away. super busy, but well, a lot of fun. Enjoyed meeting everybody. Don't ever feel like you're bu- you're bugging us no, by coming up and saying meet hi. You all. Yeah, we if we could love to meet everybody. It was it was. I, I even I got to meet like, some that you didn't, and you're like, man, I wish they would have yes, met me I too. Know. <laughs> I saw you taking pictures with somebody. I was I didn't meet that person. Yep. Well, you weren't there. I thought, oh, yep, you were gone. You were busy, busy, though. Yeah, I was. I was all over the place. Uh, but this was a uh, it, it's always fun. It's always great to meet folks because we don't know. You know, we, we don't see anybody. We're sitting in a basement room with microphones in our faces. <laughs> we're doing this for ourselves. That's right. <laughs> we're just happy you get to. This is be the kind of. Con- yeah, this is kind of conversation Becky and I have together all the time. Yeah. So you just get to be part of it on the Friday edition of the broadcast <laughs> with your own coffee, <laughs> with your coffee. So uh, anyway, yes, this is uh, this is David from Tennessee. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. We did enjoy G3. We did. Uh, please find enclosed a gift as a thank you for your ministry and what it has meant to me and my ongoing sanctification. Mm. Uh, thank you so much, David. And we are very blessed to continue to be part of that. If I recall, your pastor was the one that came and gave us this letter. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. So great to hear you're going to a good church yeah. and a pastor who even wants to deliver mail for you. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I have listened to all of your what videos and I'm a regular listener of your podcast. Hmm. You've read both of my emails on the Friday podcast after my pastor, who I have sat under the teaching of for over 10 years now and who delivered this letter for me. A large portion of my learning and growth has come from yourself, John MacArthur and Todd Friel and the resources each of you offer. Hmm. That's an audience I don't deserve to be part of, but I I so greatly appreciate that. So again, thank you for fighting the good fight and standing for the truth that is found only in the word of God. Now, if you have time for a couple of questions, David gets two. Number one, our church memorizes a verse of scripture each month. Based on a recommendation I heard on the podcast to help believers share the gospel, we memorized, uh uh-uh, John 3, 16 through 21. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Titus 3, 3 through 7 in 2019. And we have started Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 for January through October of this year. Perfect. There you go. Those are the those are the three passages. You could have just had the letter out and been like, yeah, these are Yeah, the I could have. Yeah, because we just made reference to those. We did. So those are the three passages I recommend for uh, it gives you a good blueprint for sharing the gospel. Y'all are missing this. He's like keeps hitting my knee every time. He's like, hey, look, hey, look, look at this. Like, there you go. <laughs> and I'm gesturing with my hand over you here. You are. You are. And somehow not bopping my microphone while I'm doing that. That's awesome. Uh, oh, dad had a great idea for our booth. Next time. To bop our mic. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. As, as, as I was thinking of our, our setup here. Oh, oh He okay. said we ought to do a booth with a white screen and a camera, and we'll get pictures of people to come up and pose 
hey, do you want to be in a what video? Oh, fun. That is awesome. So we take stock photo images of people at our booth at the next G3. I need a better camera. That would be hilarious. That's right. She's been bugging me about a better camera our whole marriage. Uh, so. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I still haven't gotten her a better camera. That's all right. Uh, I'm still waiting. Yeah. Anyway, so somehow I got to that from this. But uh, those are the those are the three passages that I recommend memorizing to help give you a blueprint for sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be limited to that. I also made the reference to the section in Romans chapter three. But those are some good sections for uh, here's your understanding of being dead in sin and mm-hmm. needing to be alive in Christ. Yeah. So uh, then going on here, David says in Ephesians 2, 1, what is your understanding on the difference between trespasses, paraptoma, a false step or a blunder? That's what it is in Greek mm-hmm. and sins, homardia, which means missing the mark. And can we make a correlation to the Old Testament guilt or trespass? And sin offerings found in Leviticus four and five when explaining the difference. Okay, let me let me just very simply. So so how do we understand the difference between let's stick with trespass and sin? Okay. So what is a sin? I kind of gave the uh, answer falling a little short bit short of the glory of God. There you go. Right. So yeah. So sin very generally is anything that falls short of God's glory. Right. Sin can be a thought. Mm-hmm. Sins can be actions. Right. Sins can be intentions. Right. Lack of action. Oh, lack of action. Sins of omission. Yeah. yeah. You can have, uh, uh, you can, uh, of course, have the sin nature. Right. Which we all have. Right. We are born fallen mm-hmm. because we are descended from Adam. So we've right. inherited his sin nature. Mm-hmm. We need to be born again. Right. In the righteousness of Christ. So sin which means missing the mark, Mm -hmm. is simply falling short of the glory of God. Now, how about trespass? What is a trespass? Now, if you really think about that, the answer is in the word. What what does it mean? You're you're going past where you should be? Right. You're crossing a line. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Okay. So a trespass means to go over the line. A trespass would be more specifically geared toward the action. Not okay. necessarily the thought or the intention or the passion or the nature. Okay. But it would be the actual action of the person to All trespass, right. to cross the line. No trespassing. And then you cross that line and you trespass. Okay. So it, you have specifically transgressed the law. You have broken God's law. What mm-hmm. law did you break? What was the trespass? And what is the specific consequence for mm-hmm. that trespass? Okay. Because every trespass is different. Mm-hmm. There is a consequence for murder. Yeah. And there is a consequence for adultery. Right. Both of those being the same. It was death. Mm-hmm. But there is a different trespass or, or a different consequence for stealing your neighbor's property. You have to return your neighbor's property plus yeah. extra. Right. Paying for damages or anything like that. So so that's the difference between very simply the difference between a sin and a trespass. You don't have to do anything to sin. But you actually have committed an action to trespass. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. All trespasses are sins, but not all sins are necessarily trespasses. Check. Uh, when we when we pray and we're asking God, uh, let, let's say we're praying in the pattern of the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. So it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Mm-hmm. Some translations say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Right. This is not necessarily asking for a general forgiveness for 
just my sin, my sin nature. Mm-hmm. God, forgive me for my sin nature. The, the nature of the Lord's prayer, as Jesus taught us to pray, is that we would specifically ask forgiveness for the things we have done wrong. Mm-hmm. So, God, forgive me for doing this. Mm-hmm. Help me to forgive the person who did something against me. Mm-hmm. And and that we do what we must do to make it right, to be reconciled with the other person. Mm-hmm. Jesus' instruction in the same sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, if you are sacrificing at the altar and you realize your brother has something against you, leave your sacrifice at the altar, go make peace with your brother. Right. And then come back. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's understanding the trespasses that we've committed against one another. Mm-hmm. Now, I had a friend ask me a question recently uh, uh, about coveting. So like if I've if I've coveted or 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 something, somebody else, uh, uh, something that belongs to someone else, mm-hmm. do I have to ask their forgiveness for that? I think it kind of depends, depends on the guilt of your conscience. Do you, yeah. do you feel like that you have wronged your brother or sister in such a way that you have to make it right or your conscience, your conscience is just going to be racked with guilt? Then maybe so. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do need to go to them and confess, hey, I coveted something or thought something about you that was improper, incorrect. You may not have even known that I was sinning against you in this way, Mm -hmm. but I'm telling you and I'm asking for your forgiveness. I I get emails like that every once in a while. Somebody will say, hey, because Mm. of this video that you did, boy, I just hated you for this. Yeah. And and they'll say, we've never talked before. You don't know who I am, but I'm just telling you, I'm sorry for the thoughts that I had towards you. And would you forgive me? I, I... I'm very touched by letters like that because I can tell the Holy Spirit is working on your heart. Right. And so, of course, I'm going to forgive you. I think it's uh, wonderful that the Lord has been leading you in righteousness in that way. And uh, and that the video that I did was convicting. Mm. And the the anger that you had toward me really wasn't toward me. Yeah. It was a, yep. a truth that was revealed to you in God's word that he was still working uh, on in your flesh those are hard <laughs> You're right. those are painful <laughs> they are they are there's there's some painful circumstances there so i don't take any of that personally mm-hmm. but there are going to be some occasions in which you're coveting you're going to have to take that before god and it's probably kind of dumb for you to express to somebody else that you were coveting something of theirs like yeah. for example <laughs> you know the the commandment specifically do not covet your neighbor's wife yeah that might be awkward <laughs> <laughs> don't go to your neighbor and go, dude, I've been coveting your wife. You oh know, that's, <laughs> that's not going to go. That is not going to go over well. That's not going to solve. That's yeah. going to stir up. <laughs> that, that's something you've got to keep between you and God. Yeah. And and that is something you've got to wrestle with between, uh, I, mean, I mean, in your flesh. And you have to seek God's forgiveness in that matter. Mm. And then understand as... The Lord said to Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, my grace is sufficient for you, Mm -hmm. for my power is made perfect in your weakness. You may still feel a guilty conscience because your neighbor has not forgiven you of something that your neighbor's not even aware of you having against him, Mm -hmm. but you you have to rest in the grace of God. It's always going to be that God's grace is what we need, not not the forgiveness of any man. Mm -hmm. We need the forgiveness of God. And and then you stop coveting your neighbor's wife. And then you stop coveting your neighbor's wife. That's right. So immediately. uh, Yes. (laughs) So that was talking about that was uh, the difference between sins and trespasses. Now, 
uh, I didn't bring this up, but he said, uh, how do can we make a correlation to the Old Testament trespass and sin offerings found in Leviticus four and five? Well, in that particular section, you have the laws for sin offerings and laws for guilt offerings. And I think you probably could. I'm not going to break all of this down. But you uh, you probably could make a correlation there because the greater the sin, the greater the sacrifice. Yeah, that's true. That is kind of uh, uh, pointed out there in the uh, the Old Testament sacrificial system. Uh, let's go on to question number two, though. We'll jump to questions since we're at 40 minutes already here. Mm hmm. I was only going to ask one the one question, David says, but I was listening to the Monday broadcast during lunch today for Max 20 verses one through 16. And I'm guessing this would have been. Monday, uh, almost two weeks ago. Probably. Yes. Uh, so the, the Acts 20 lesson verses 1 through 16, and notice that when you were talking about Paul having communion in Troas after raising Eutychus from the dead, you use the words, the body that was broken for us. I heard someone recently say, and I'm paraphrasing, that they, the person saying this, shouldn't have used the word broken. When speaking of Jesus' body during communion, that given for you or for you are better translations. I did a little research and it looks like broken for you is a textual variant in the KJV and thus has a large influence on the English speaking world. Wouldn't there also be theological reasons that we shouldn't say Jesus' body was broken? Like Psalm 3420, Exodus 1246. Numbers 9-12, your thoughts. So where it's talking about uh, the, the bones of the lamb that are being sacrificed shouldn't be broken. Uh-huh. Uh, Psalm 34-20, not one of his bones are out of place. Right. So we know that Jesus' bones were not broken on the cross. It was only his skin that was pierced. Right. And the blood that was spilled. Now, I honestly, I think this is just kind of a semantic thing. So there's nothing wrong with saying that Christ's body was broken. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, we just participated in communion this past Sunday at a church we were visiting. Mm -hmm. And the pastor who was conducting the, the communion said the body of Christ broken. Right. And he's a reformed minister. Mm -hmm. So there's there's nothing wrong with making that uh, uh, statement, though it may come from some sort of textual variant in the KJV. And maybe that's the uh, the origin of it. It's not making a theological statement in the sense that Somebody, someone may mistakenly be declaring contrary to what's said in Psalm thirty-four twenty mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, it, it's it, because the skin of Christ was broken, mm. and then Very true. blood was spilled out, and that is part of the body, right? And so that's why I'm saying I think that would just be a semantic argument. Mm -hmm. Now, if you feel like you can't say it, then don't say it. But yeah. I don't, I don't think that you would necessarily look at somebody else saying it, going, mm, "That's not right." Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's like a, a Paul falling off of his horse sort of a thing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it doesn't say in Acts that Paul fell off his horse. Ah. Nowhere in the New Testament does it say when Jesus appeared to him, Paul fell off his horse right. just as he fell to the ground. Right. But then, yeah, so what? Yeah, you know, that's sometimes I do what videos on things like that, but they're not really pressing yeah. theological issues. The one that is the most uh, semantic, I think, that I've done a video on was, did Moses have a stutter? So it's really not a theological issue one way or the other. If you believe yeah. that Moses had a stutter or if he spoke clearly. Mm -hmm. But I made the argument from the speech of Stephen in Acts 7 that Moses was one of the greatest orators that Israel ever had. Mm -hmm. His statement to to God at the burning bush 
that he speaks with faltering lips. He was just making excuses. I right. can't. I can't go speak to Pharaoh. I. I d- yeah. d- 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 you know. I can't. I can't. I just can't go. I'm not your guy. You know, it's something like that. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure. <laughs> what do I do in his position? Yeah. <laughs> but it's not a major theological point. Yeah. So it's simply all I'm saying. But good job doing your research there, David. That's awesome. And he says, "P.S. I still owe you a big old hug." No. <laughs> One of these days, David. Yep. We're gonna come to your church, or you're gonna come to ours, or we're gonna go to G three together. Yeah. Or something like that. That'd be awesome. All right. This next question comes from Chris in Iowa. He says, "Pastor Gabe and Mrs. Hughes, I loved your review on the unplanned movie. That would have been my review. Becky yeah. has not seen it. Nope. Nor would she. Nope. <laughs> I, I there are just some things I cannot handle, and and no." Mm-mm. So in case you don't know, Unplanned is the movie that's based on the story of Abby Johnson, who is a Planned Parenthood director in Houston, Texas, Mm -hmm. that became a Christian. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, well, presumably (laughs) she's Catholic now and is kind of out there on some of her beliefs. Uh, Basically, she the 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 basics of the story is that she left Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Ended up exposing Planned Parenthood Mm -hmm. and works for a more pro-life cause now. But she uh, some of that stuff is even kind of shaky. I was even talking to a guy that worked for a crisis pregnancy center recently, and he was talking about his crisis pregnancy center banquet and getting speakers together for the banquet and stuff like that. And he had members of the board that wanted Abby Johnson to come and speak. And he put his foot down. He said, no, she's absolutely not coming and speaking Hmm. at our uh, uh, Sanctity of Human Life banquet. And the the reason for that being is because she's actually stood against many pro-life legislations oh right saying that they're too extreme yeah when you're when you're talking about the complete abolition of abortion completely ending it and abby johnson stands up goes nope that's too far yeah and so there are there are a lot of folks i mean i'm I'm grateful she's convicted enough that she's stepped away and and has exposed them but at the same time yeah she's got a lot more conversion that needs to happen yes there we go <laughs> and, and that's trying just to find the words that's certainly talking about you know her her pro-life conviction or her pro-life stance uh she she needs to be convicted by the holy spirit and become a christian because as of yet i don't see evidence of it mm-hmm. um uh anyway that's a whole other yeah uh, whole other, i i talked about that in the movie review so if you want to look up pastor gabe unplanned review i don't know what it's under but it's something like that so anyway uh uh, chris goes on to say the elders of his church are planning to show this movie to our congregation on a sunday evening Mm. i have no problem with them showing a movie and i'm thankful that they show faith-based films Mm -hmm. my question is this movie a good movie to watch as a congregation since the message is not consistent with a biblical worldview on abortion Mm. should i speak up regarding my concerns if you've covered a similar question in a previous podcast episode, then I'll be happy to listen again. Thanks in advance. I praise God for your ministry, mm. and I try to remember to lift you guys up in prayer. Aw, thanks. God bless you, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, showing the film unplanned, I wouldn't choose to do that. Nope. Uh, I don't think. I don't think there's <laughs> Just anything. I can't handle it. Yes. <laughs> Becky would not be attending. Nope, I would not. I, I would hope that the church is not foregoing a Sunday evening service. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. To show that movie. Um, and isn't it, what, what is it rated? 
It's R. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's okay, an R-rated so film. It, it would be... Um, but it'd be like... It's it's a tough one. I mean, Passion of the Christ is yeah, R-rated. Yeah, that's true. But I, I, I wouldn't I show that one, that one either. But <laughs> yeah, Becky hadn't seen that one either. Mm. Um, I, now, so anyway, I would say I don't see anything inherently wrong with showing unplanned. I think as long as statements are being made that the gospel was not presented in that movie. Right. So never get... Never get to thinking or being of the understanding that the gospel, like this is don't, a good. Don't try to fill in the blanks because there it's blank. Right. There, there is no gospel. It might be a faith-based film. I don't know how you would categorize that necessarily. If it comes from pure flicks, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but the but it's not an evangelical film. The gospel is not being shared there. I don't even think it's great for the pro-life cause, to be honest with you. Now, I said in my review, there were a lot of scenes that were difficult to see, and they most certainly were. Mm-hmm. But uh, a film like this really cannot be used to win a person from the pro-abortion side to the pro-life side. Don't think that that film is ever going to succeed in doing that. You mean pro-choice? Yeah, I don't yeah. ever use that term. I know. It's not pro-choice. I know. I was just making the connection. <laughs> pro-abortion versus pro-life. Right. Um, and, and then even some pro-lifers will say, I'm a just a straight-up abolitionist. They won't even use the mm-hmm. the pro-life term because right. I, I, I understand that. It differentiates you between, mm-hmm. you know, your view versus Abby Johnson's, for example. Right. But uh, uh, anyway, the um, uh, I'm kind of stuttering a lot trying to find... Right, what was I saying? So... <laughs> So it doesn't give the gospel. Doesn't give the gospel. Don't substitute it for a um, Sunday night service. And yeah, and also don't think of it as as even giving a good apologetic for mm. a pro-life argument. Oh, yeah. Uh, because yeah. even though what they show in the film is the destruction of a child. Mm. I mean, it's, you know, of course, special effects and all these other kinds of things. And it's it's graphic and it is very, very hard to watch. It is very hard to watch. The R rating, as I said in my review, is deserved. And it just goes to show even how confused the filmmakers were over the message that they were trying to convey when they were fighting the uh, the MPAA over the rating that they gave the film. No, don't give us an R rating. You're trying to keep yeah. people from going and seeing it. It's like, like wait, guys, yeah. you're showing the murder of a child. Yeah. Don't you want it to have an R rating? I mean, it's it's the MPAA tacitly admitting that abortion is a violent, gruesome act. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Anyway, beside the point. Yeah, yeah, beside the point. So you can't really use the film as even an apologetic to try to win somebody the pro-life side, although you probably will find stories of people who have said that they did change their mind because of it. What's what's their purpose in showing that movie? Just how abortion came... I mean, it, they're telling Abby Johnson's story. It's based on her book. Yeah, but why? Uh, just because she's convicted? I'm I'm really confused. Like, why why would you? Show well, that? yeah. I mean, they're they're. I mean, if your your friends want to go, then okay. But their intention behind it was to raise awareness of here's what Planned Parenthood is. Here's what they do. Oh, okay. Uh, here's what Abby Johnson went through before okay. you know she turned her life around and came out of that. Uh, Sorry, I'm getting a little slow here. You got to spell things out for me. (laughs) Uh, There's a whole lot of ways in which the movie was very, very paradoxical, even in some of the things that it was saying and attempting to do. Mm -hmm. John Speed wrote a great article about it. 
Uh, and I think I linked to his article from mine. So you can find you can find your way to his article from mine, too, if you still look up that review. Uh, but the uh, the thing about a film like this, why it's not effective as an apologetic tool is because it's special effects. So you're not necessarily uh, guaranteed to convict, uh, convict, convince a person uh. that they, that what they're seeing on screen is exactly what goes on in a Planned Parenthood clinic. It's easily dismissible as, well, this is a movie. Mm -hmm. It's just a story. Right. You're you're spicing all of this up with special effects and things like that. When the right. reality is the things that go on in a Planned Parenthood clinic are far worse than right. what was being shown in the film, even though what was in the movie was hard to stomach. But, uh, but anyway, uh, that's all to say, once again, Chris, that I would not show the film in my church i don't think it's a, a a reason to cause division over just because maybe the leaders of your church are showing it uh have respectful conversations and maybe ahead of time although by the time we're answering this question you've probably already gone through this probably but ahead of time talk to the elders and say hey we need to be sure that we're uh, providing some good solid arguments for the members of our congregation right that they're not being left up to what they're seeing in the movie as Here's what you need to say to your friends, mm -hmm. because the movie actually gives I mean, it says nothing about any of that. It won't even call abortion murder. I said in my review that the only time that I clearly distinctively remember abortion being called murder was by the protesters outside the fence mm. who they make out to be fat slobs with bad teeth. Yeah. And that's exactly the way that they portray them. Wow. They were the only ones that ever called abortion <clears throat> murder. And uh, yeah. and so the the film doesn't even call it that it gives protesters a bad light, um, not not good arguments for the pro-life cause and definitely doesn't present the gospel. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to show such a film, then be able to have some backup moves mm -hmm. that you can use to uh, help to instruct your congregation on. Now, here's how. What's the next step? Kind right. of thing. Yeah. And I would recommend the. Uh, uh, Life is Best series that Wretched TV puts out. Yeah. Scott Klusendorf, who's a great apologist in bioethics and uh, puts together some of the best arguments out there for how to witness to your friends over this particular subject hmm. about why abortion is bad and why we should choose life. Um, and, and once and I've said this to my congregation, uh, abortion will never be referred to as anything less than murder. It is the murder of a child. I say yeah. it from the pulpit. I am not ashamed to say it. It will get you blocked and removed and deleted on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, that's what abortion is. And that's why we speak up about it, because we're trying to save these children's lives. Yeah. And uh, and the women who have committed abortions, they need to know that they've murdered a child so that they're convicted of their sin and they come before God seeking forgiveness, mm -hmm. even for a sin as great as murdering a child there is forgiveness for those who believe in jesus christ our lord Amen. pray for president donald trump as he's going to be speaking at the march for life today and he will be the first president ever to personally attend a march for life and speak wow we've had presidents address from video screens right but there's never been a president in person who's come to a march for life that's interesting. So praise the Lord that Donald Trump is doing that and pray for his Amen. safety and yeah. uh, and clarity and wisdom of words and what he's going to say. All right. So that is our program for today. If you have any questions, send them to when we understand the text at gmail.com. God bless. Yeah.
Let's pray. Yes, let's. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together once again. And thank you for the listeners, uh, the folks that we met at G3, those who have sent us letters and dropped us uh, little anonymous notes. I thank you that we could be a witness. And uh, and I hope that in everything we say and do, we are pointing a person back to Christ, that mm-hmm. they would know Christ, our Savior, and him crucified, who is the forgiveness of our sins and our fellowship with God the Father in heaven forever in glory. Give us boldness to declare your truth. Help us to not shrink back from it, even when the culture presses down on us, or even when those who we uh, uh, had understood to be our own brothers and sisters in Christ, even when they would attack us. Give us a spirit of gentleness into knowing how to respond to each person appropriately, always holding forth the word of Christ, which has the power to pierce through the soul and convict the heart and bring to repentance and peace with God. We pray for continued growth and sanctification in your in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The R rating, as I said in my review, is deserved. And quite frankly, this this is kind of the problem with their... Um, I'm sorry. I'm distracted by the spider. There's a spider down there? Big one. Uh, let's see. Where is he at? Right there. How do you miss it? Oh, there he is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, spiders are always ten times bigger to you than they are to me. Uh-huh. That's okay. I'm happy to kill him for you. Uh-huh. But I'm just saying... It might take my eyes a little bit longer to adjust to the finding the spider than you. You might need that. What is this? This is that's a right. the check. Oh, that's the that's our refund check. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to smash it with that. No. How about? <laughs> uh, hang on. Here is a. Mm. Oh, for heaven's sake! I'll just use my sock. <laughs> Gross. Ow! Don't do that. There you go. He's dead. Thanks. If you don't mind seeing some body parts down there. Mm. All right. Well, it's better than seeing a whole spider, I suppose. <laughs> All right, there you go. Okay, now I can focus again. Ow! Hey, babe. <laughs> kind of need you in one piece. Thanks. Yeah. You, uh, sacrifices, okay? Yeah. Sacrificing yeah. myself for you. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, now we, now we can... I've been staring at that thing for five minutes now. <laughs> I appreciate your restraint. I saw you. I yeah. saw you looking down there, but given the subject matter, I just felt like you were just trying to hold it together. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
Ugh. All right. So, anyway, 